Hello and welcome to a live discussion break on the program. This is a new channel, new-ish for a couple months, so if you come here, please hit like and subscribe. Uh, I am doing streams now from my new old house. All guys the mess. We're still renovating, <laughs> so everything's piled behind me. Um, I won't keep my guests waiting. I'm very excited today. We're hanging out with uh, actually Justice Warrior. Bring you on, Tom. Let's see how I do that. I'll bring you both on. <laughs> I'm so awkward. Sorry. <laughs> Actual Justice Warrior, Tom Fitzgerald, and also Nina Infinity. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hi. I don't know what happened to your audio. You sound so muffled all of a sudden. Is it just me? Do I? Yeah. Now your you're audio good. Changed. Oh my goodness. Hold on. Now okay. now you're fine. Now I'm fine. Was, yeah, that was weird. Okay. This you're is good a now. new setup here. So uh there have been a few uh kerfuffles. So I think we're good now. It stopped uh, kerfuffling. You're okay. Good, good. Well, I was excited, first of all, for you two to meet each other. Hi. So, Hi, Sean. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Sean has a head full of all kinds of information and facts and uh, knows a lot about the law mm. and crime. And I think that you're going to have some overlapping interests. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So are you, um, are you here? Um, I'm not a lawyer. No, you you just know about the law. Okay, great. I have a I have a, I was I want to talk about Roe v. Wade, but before I do that, I was wondering if you guys might might um, let me talk about something that just happened today. Locally. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we so my church we meet we have been meeting in an old historic theater. My church is called Church on the Square in Georgetown, Texas. And uh, we've been renting out this theater. Uh, it's called the Palace Theater. And it is a, it's operated by a nonprofit. And today, our church got noticed that uh, we are evicted from the building effective immediately. Oh, no. And they said that it was because of resource management uh, problems. Uh, but they sent this in an email. And the guy that my pastor usually deals with is not answering his phone calls. Like clearly does, seems like he doesn't want to get on the phone. And uh, I think that this might be because my pastor and a couple members of my church spoke at our recent um, city council meeting. And mm. so, yeah, I think this might be retaliation for speaking at the meeting. And so Pirate has some images there. If you can put those up, Pirate. Um, what they were speaking about is the local middle school, Forbes Middle School in Georgetown, Texas, just painted a mural in our in our town square, and they promoted it on Georgetown ISD. They promoted it on the Forbes Middle School page and on the um, the Council for Arts in Georgetown, Texas. Uh, this was painted by middle schoolers who are, I think, 10 to 13 years old. If you go to the next slide, you can see a close-up of what they painted. So it looks innocuous at first. It says, be your own person. Ooh. And then, but then if you look down at the poppy, so Georgetown is the red poppy, red poppy capital. Uh, we have red, this time of year, red poppies are everywhere. We have a big red poppy festival now mixed in amongst the red poppies. There yes. are flowers here. Do you see what those are? 
I see the trans flag on there. Yes. I see the rainbow, the trans, and then everything else. I don't know what the hell they are, but I'm guessing some variation of some sort of pronoun. I don't know. Yeah, they're all very specific. So these are flags. Uh, like you said, there's the LGBT flag. There's the transgender flag. There is the non-binary flag, the bisexual flag, and the pansexual flag. Uh, lesbian flag. And I forget the... The last one. Wait, but hang the, on. I have a question about yeah. this because I never understood the whole like we have our own flags because I thought like, you know, the LGBTQ, like the Skittles Nation flag, like kind of encompasses like all the <laughs> all of the flags and like genders and what well, we're not genders, but like the you know, what whatever orientation you swing. Um why do they have to have their own flags? I don't get it. I'm I'm not understanding this. Is there a reason? I, I think originally, yes, the LGBT flag was supposed to cover everything, but they keep editing even that one and adding other colors like black and brown and things that are not in the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Which which it undercuts the overall symbolism because wasn't part of the point of the rainbow is that it's all the colors of the rainbow yes. fall under this banner. It's yes. not racial. But then they yes. put those like black and brown stripes on top. They're like, these are the superior gays and transits. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, no. Plus, the irony here of be your own person. And then you have these prescribed different identities that you can choose from. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Be your, be your own person. But also, like, I don't know, not of the collective, I guess. They, they just don't. They want you to, to stand out. That's the message i'm getting i guess i don't know separate yourself from the collective yeah in this way in this specific way yeah so a lot of people were rightly questioning how it is that a public school instructed middle schoolers kids who are uh 10 years old 13 years old to paint these specific flags the pansexual flag transgender flag and so there was a recent city council meeting and the they had someone there speaking about all the murals. And I, I just want to play a clip of my pastor spoke and then two people from my church spoke. And so we'll just watch the first speech. We'll watch what my pastor had to say. Okay. Opportunity to speak. Uh, and you'll have three minutes, uh, except for we have uh, one person who has ceded their time. And so uh, Mr. Helgerson, I believe. Is that correct? And Pamela is here and available. Okay. So you'll have six minutes, Mr. Helgerson. Thank you for oh, your input. I'm sorry. I, Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate all of your views. And I, I enjoy the conversation that art sparks. And even if it um, brings to light differ, differing opinions, I appreciate that. And I think that is the purpose of art. Thank can you. you Thank can you, you pause it for a second, Pirate? That woman, so one of the things she said when the city council was asking her about this specific, just this one mural, she said that uh, art was open to interpretation and she heavily implied that the colors of these flowers was just sort of random. So we're supposed to believe. <laughs> <laughs> There's no intention. <laughs> right. Which is randomly, they just happen to come out as these specific. They just flags. happen to look like the transgender flag and whatever else flag we've got going the, on. Right. The kids randomly pick these flags that only like 2% of activists even know what they are. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I don't even know what they are. And I've on, to, on Twitter, like on a daily basis, I have no idea what these flags are. Right. And how does a 10 year old know what the pansexual flag is? I mean, <laughs> it's so specific. So, okay. 
Okay, so you can go ahead. So that was her just finishing her remarks. Amanda, I want to say I think that the murals around town look great. And most, I hear nothing but compliments for the most part. So I'm sorry, I concentrated on more negative. I apologize for that and not giving you some more positive. Most everything looks great. Mr. Hogerson. Good afternoon. My name is Bradley Helgerson, and I live at 701 South College Street. I also serve as the Minister of the Word for the Church on the Square. My comments concern the mural that's been talked about on, on 7th Street that was painted by Forbes Middle School students, which contains the exhortation to be your own person above a field of poppy flowers painted in the colors of various LGBTQ pride flags, including the bisexual flag, pansexual flag, the transgender flag, the non-binary flag and others painted exactly to those colors. My remarks aim to provide some theological context for the ideology lurking behind this artistic expression so that the council will not be deceived into thinking that it's merely an attempt to protect a few individuals as it is often framed, but as I see it for what it really is, which is an attempt to fundamentally reorder society. It's going to be somewhat abstract, but if you hang with me, it'll make sense, I think, in the end. But it wasn't long ago that we were primarily an agrarian people, meaning that our survival was totally dependent upon nature's mercy. And as a result, the authority of the created order was inescapable. The world was the way that it was, and if you refused to conform yourself to it, the consequences would be catastrophic. So if you sowed too late or reaped too early, calamity would come upon you like a whirlwind. But wealth and its technology have allowed us to suppress that plain truth by often shielding us from the immediate consequences of our actions, the result of which is a cultural hubris, which is only emboldened with time, and that now seeks to liberate itself, it seems, from all restraints, not only those which are agricultural, but those which are physiological, casting doubt upon creational distinctions which have stabilized Western civilization for millennia like the important difference between men and women, a flouting of the natural order which cannot be done with immunity. Deny gravity by jumping off a high-rise building and the consequences are immediate. But if you deny biological gender, the consequences may be delayed, but they will be no less tragic. Which brings us to the Forbes mural and the Arts and Culture Board which sponsored it. The purpose of culture is to transliterate the sacred order into the societal order, to give us the language, symbols, and practices necessary to not only understand the sacred, but to aid in our conformity to it. This is what art in its highest form is intended to do, to be a threshold to the transcendent so that we might be conformed to its image. And thus, what every cultural institution is about, and what every piece of art is about, whether the artist knows it or not, is the project of conforming society to a particular vision of ultimate reality, establishing, if you will, God's will on earth as it is in heaven. But the eminent threat we face as a society at the moment is not that we have competing religious visions clamoring for our attention, but rather that there is a rebellion rising which seeks to destroy the sacred itself, an abolitionist movement which is driven by resentment, by what Herbert Marcuse called the great refusal a description that he finds from Dante's Inferno. It's a kind of resentment, kind of a resentful hyper-individualism that will conform to nothing, which views, in other words, negation as an intrinsic good, which finds catharsis in bringing chaos out of order. 
Dante, as an aside, pictures these disgruntled deconstructionists as marching around the shores of Asheron, waving blank banners, for they protest merely for the sake of protesting, and therefore they belong in either hell or heaven. Now, many have been fooled into thinking that such a rebellion against reality is an act of liberation, that when we tear down every norm, we will be left with a freer society, that true freedom comes when the shackles of the sacred are removed. But the work of the LGBTQ movement is not the work of liberation, but of liberationists, whose desire is to destroy the societal order itself, precisely because of its demand for conformity. In other words, it's not a matter of open-mindedness, but of closed-heartedness closed to right judgment that is the problem. Therefore, their goal is to remove all judgments, all boundaries, as is testified to by the endless numbers of genders and sexual orientations they affirm. It's a kind of self-loathing that finds momentary acceptance in destroying anything that might invite comparisons, anything that is true, good, and beautiful like the beautiful conformity of red poppies. Now, I know this seems extreme in the context of one mural, but it's not just a mural. It's a piece of propaganda for an ideology that seeks to destroy Western civilization and to use our children as its foot soldiers. And so it's not culture that we're talking about, but it's anti-culture. And to refuse to push back against it now will mean the substantial loss of real liberty for our children in the future. I don't know what my time is at, but one last thing to say is there's two ways to go about it. One, we can try to slow the, the process down and, and try to remain neutral as much as we can. But all that will do is push the problem off to our children and grandchildren. What I suggest is we put an end to it. And whatever it rears its ugly head, we put it down. Thank you. They, thank you, Pirate. That was great. <laughs> uh, I can see why you guys were kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, that's tough, Carrie. Uh, can I just, I'll, I'll share my experience with you because ha I've had a kind of similar like experience, but different, similar, mm -hmm. but different. So uh, as you know, I know Carrie knows, Sean, you don't know, but I'm Persian, uh, like n my nationality. I grew up in Iran um, and I moved to Canada when I was like 10 years old. But before then, when I was in Iran, uh, I went to like daycare and I went to, you know, school and like different things. So when I was really young, I went to daycare and I had an art teacher and he was really, um, he was a, he was been a extremely positive male influence in my life, uh, especially when I was younger and he taught me how to draw and like everything I know about art, I know from him. And in my daycare, he used to paint murals because he was a painter and he was an artist and he would make these murals. Um, and he made this, I remember he made this really amazing one where he had like the earth that he had painted with like mermaids that were children, like just kind of holding hands, like all, all along the, the, like the earth, uh, thing. And it was really cool because like all of us kids were obsessed with mermaids and we were all like learning about different cultures at the time. So like, you know, they had like, he had painted like every race and, you know, every, every, you know, creed color, whatever you want to call it. And he got us to paint it because he put the, he put the actual, like the outline out, and then he got us to help paint it so that we're, you know, part of that experience. Um, the government of Iran did not like that painting. So because it was, you know, anti-Islamic uh, and, you know, it was showing skin of the mermaids and, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't want that kind of unification, um, 
kind of like, you know, messaging in the art for kids. So they, he had to, he had to get rid of it and we had to actually paint over it. And it was like one of the most painful experiences of my life to, to paint over that painting that I really, really loved mm. and I cherished and I worked on. It was really hard. Um, but the thing is, is that I find that even in that, there was definitely a political messaging on his side. Like now that I think back, like I, I understand what he was doing because he had a certain political stance, even though Iran's political stance was completely different. And he was expressing that through his art and he was using us as a, uh, like as a catalyst to his messaging, even though his messaging was positive. I I thought I think it was a positive one. It was still one. It was a political message that was, you know, that we were being used to to portray. Um now whether that's right or wrong, that's up for debate. Uh but I think that in this case, this is a very similar situation where you have you clearly have someone who is an LGBTQ a person or whatever as a teacher or whoever it is and they want to put that political messaging in the art and therefore they're using the kids and the kids obviously don't know anything about what's going on they're just like oh look a bunch of flowers we're painting yeah. and it looks like rainbows and it looks like colors and we love it and like you know that's what they're thinking so um is it is it using people to <laughs> to get your political messaging across yes is it mm. harmful i don't know like that mm. i i don't know if it is so that's that's where i that's my story i don't know yeah this, this is this is an interesting topic for me because it just kind of like reminded me of what what happened to me when i was a yeah. kid so well yeah. i mean i would say there's a difference or a distinction between like a a general like unity message like we're all one like group of people and all that Mm -hmm. And like the very specific individual flags, like even if we were just talking about the rainbow flag, like I know people would have issues with it, but the rainbow flag is broadly considered to be just a symbol for like non straight orientations and all that. And mm -hmm. also kids paint rainbows like outside of the context all of the, the time. <laughs> yeah, so get, like, it's also it's also a Christian symbol. Like I don't mind the rainbow at all because it has lots right. of different meanings. So if you had like rainbow flowers or different color flowers, then it could have that meaning, but it wouldn't be so in your face. Like the all these like niche flags that yeah. only political activists know about and Apple because they're going to make emojis of all of them if they haven't already. So like it's clearly meant to be like here are all the marginalized groups and they're in their own separate tiers and all of that. And it's on public property. So I understand like if you're it's your pastor that was speaking there. If you try to put like the Ten Commandments or a religious symbol on public property, they would get sued and that would get taken down. And this there is like a whole other, you know, ideology being put forward. Yeah, because in in like in my country in Iran, like they they didn't mind having pictures of fucking Khomeini painted everywhere and like you know having like his you know because they 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 worship the guy so like you know we had like there was murals of him everywhere and like that wasn't a problem but you know god forbid you have a bunch of like little mermaids like you know singing kumbaya and like holding hands and like being of every different race that's a problem because they didn't want that kind of unification message to be to be spread i think that what you're saying is really interesting sean because you're right and also like if they had done it like different flowers or if they had done it just the rainbow one like maybe but all these different like pansexual flag and like whatever else. This is a clear political message that that person, whoever the teacher was, was trying to get a, across. 
Yeah. So I don't know if I'm down with that. Yeah. I think if, uh, the, cause I've thought about this a lot. I really appreciate you guys thinking through it with me. I think if it had been, even if kids hadn't, have, hadn't painted it, I would have a problem with it because like you said, it's public funds, it's on public property, um, taxpayer funded and, and it has a very specific ideology. Um, but then add to it that they use kids to do it. That makes it just icky. beyond the pale to me. It is icky. Um, and I wonder if all those parents were notified that this is what their kids were painting and this is what these flags mean. If they were even given the option of, you know, opting their kid out of participating. I don't think so. so. I will, I'll tell not. you straight up, no, that is not something that would happen. Because if you, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission, right? Because you're not, you're not going to go and like write a freaking letter to every parent, be like, yo, can you please give me permission to do this? Not, nah, that's not, that's not happening. I'll be right back. And it's also like they'll boldly lie to your face and say, oh, well, this is again just coincidence. It has nothing to do with anything. You're reading into it. It's like, if again, if it was rainbow flowers, like if they just use different colors of the rainbow for each of the flowers, then some you could say somebody's reading into it, even if like the teacher was a member of like the LGBTQ double XI community, like you could say that people are just reading into it. But it's these very specific flags that, you know, for sure, yeah, are meant to mean like these very specific things within the trans community and the LGBT community that again, most people don't even use like I one of my closest friends is a gay dude. And he would consider himself very left wing. And he tells me he's like, I don't know what these genders are. I don't know what these flags are. <laughs> he's significantly younger than me. He's like, he's like mid 20s. And he doesn't know any of this stuff. Or so, he doesn't know even close to like 10% of this stuff. It's mm. very specific ideologies that like are being brought forth into the classroom and being displayed on public property. Well, yeah. and you can't fault him for not knowing because they're changing every day. It's like every day there's a new one and every day there's a new term and there every day there's a new pronoun. I can't keep up. Like, I'm just like, I can't keep up with you people. Yeah, you're making me think of an image I saw this morning, Sean. I'm sending this to you right now, Pirate, on, on uh, Telegram. A friend of mine shared this. Uh, <laughs> she's a lesbian. And it just, it's to your point about uh, your friend who doesn't, feel like he identifies with this movement or with these flags or, or what have you. Um, if you could put that one up whenever you get it pirate, that would be great. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I have a lot of issues with it. As I've said, um, what I really, I think is beautiful that's come out of it is I really love that my pastor got to speak in front of the council. Oh yeah. So this is the image my friend shared. <laughs> <laughs> It's a oh my god! <laughs> it's a it's a furry of some kind, a big cartoon character, and, and that says LGBTQ community who's lunging towards a, a dog who's trying to get away. It says me, a homosexual. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I think that's that, a great meme. Yeah, <laughs> but I was happy he got to speak, and I wanted to say, by the way, if that's anybody's first time hearing my pastor speak. That's what all of his sermons are like. He's so, uh, I, yeah, people were calling him base, but he's also just so thoughtful and he brings in, I mean, he was talking about Herbert, Herbert Marcuse. He brings in different uh, writers and thinkers and philosophy and he connects everything to what is currently unfolding in the world. And 
And I think it probably went over the heads of some people. I think city council was just expecting anybody who spoke to sort of get up there and be like, we don't like the gays, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, let's talk about culture and the purpose of art and what is anti-culture and how well, you this, know what though, you know, like sometimes these kind of things happen and like, I know this is like, a, this is, this is my, you know, cup half full kind of gal, you know, infinite hope gal. Right. Um, you guys got kicked out of this place that you're at. I don't know. I feel like maybe God's got something better. You know, when, yeah. when God closes a door, he opens a window kind of thing. Right. Maybe there's like a better place that you guys can go and congregate because you don't want to be in a place where like people think badly of you or like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they have this negative energy towards you being there. It's like, no, you, you need to be in a good place where like that line of thought is like, you know, th the same or positive or, you know, they're not giving you bad energy when you're there. So don't think yeah. of it like as something necessarily like too bad. Maybe you're going to, maybe like just around the corner, there's like a perfect location and you never even thought about it until this happened, you know? Yeah. I you agree know. with you. Yeah, I also, for anyone, I do know I have some uh, viewers who are in Georgetown. This Sunday, we haven't figured out where we're meeting yet. It's Mother's Day Sunday. They did it with two days notice right before Mother's Day. Uh, but we, we might be meeting just on the lawn. Anyway, if you guys are in Georgetown and want to come, just hit me up and I'll let you know where we're meeting once we figure it out. But uh, thanks, thanks guys, for letting me talk about that. It just happened today and it's like, what? Of like, course. I mean, it's annoying. You're like kicked out. Yes. <laughs> By the way, yeah, yeah, happy early Mother's Day, everybody. All to all the moms out there. Yes, uh, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. So was anything else happening in the news this week? Oh my god. <laughs> Not much. Not much at all. It's just some psycho chick on a stand, like you know, the one of the biggest trials of our time. Uh, yeah. And I think something about like baby killing or something. I don't know. Something yeah. Like <laughs> the Roe v. Wade stuff. Let's talk about that first, I guess. Um, the, the fact that it was leaked. I mean, I, I'm not that gonna... I hate my mom. <laughs> 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 That's beside the point. <laughs> she gave birth to you, though. That hurts. It's okay. You can still say happy Mother's yeah. Day. <laughs> So besides, uh, you know, aside from the fact that it was leaked early, which I think a lot of people have already speculated on why that happened. I, I definitely have the opinion that it was leaked in order to try and influence uh, the elections. What do you mm. guys think about that? Go ahead, I, was, I was. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You go. I said, go ahead, John. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. In terms of leaking it to to gin up like hysteria before the election. It's a terrible strategy because this was going to come out closer to the election. It was going to come out next mm. month or the month after that, like, you know, late June, July. So my original conspiracy theory was that it was actually leaked by Roberts or Alito to try to get some mm. public backlash because this was just a draft opinion from February. And maybe they were going to trim it back because my original thought on this Mississippi case was that they were going to just do it in the confines of the Mississippi law, which was reduce the threshold from 20 to 24 weeks back to 15 weeks. Um, I'm not sure about that now. I've heard rumors that it was somebody who worked for Justice Sotomayor that's leaked it. And somebody told me the name was out there, but it hasn't been confirmed as far as I could tell. So it hasn't been confirmed, but a lot of people are assuming what you said. I don't know. That's what I've heard so far. 
Can you um, tell can you tell no, us, Sean, about the Mississippi case? Oh, so Mississippi, like to make it as simple as possible, reduced the the threshold in which you could get an abortion to 15 weeks from the 20 to 24 weeks, depending on how Roe versus Wade is interpreted. That is like the standard in the United States of America, which, by the way, is well beyond the standard in Europe. Like the average European nation has about 12 weeks. Even the 15 weeks is beyond the standard in Europe. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah, most European countries, I think France has a long uh, a long period, but most European countries have around 10 to 12 weeks. So, which is probably where we would have ended up if not for Roe versus Wade. Again, you're deciding a decision based on viability in 1973 and technology changes and all of this. So viability is like an ever moving standard, but Mississippi basically confined abortion to the first 15 weeks. You know, they have their waiting periods and all that, but that's like, it's really the 15 weeks thing. They took it to the courts because obviously people say the judges throw it out because they say it's not in line with Roe versus Wade. And that was taken up to the Supreme Court. And typically what these conservatives like to do, because they don't want to ever take a stand or overturn anything, is they very narrowly decide these cases like uh, Hobby Lobby was closely knit corporations can have some religious exemptions on some forms of birth control. Uh, the McDonald versus Chicago or DC versus Heller was specifically guns in common use. You can't do the handgun bans. It didn't say anything about regulations that are effectively bans, and it only applied to in the home. So that's what I was expecting from the court. The decision from Alito or the draft decision is a total rebuke of Roe versus Wade, which is something that I was actually surprised about. Um, I hate talking about abortion because I feel like it's such a it's such a personal thing, you know, for for a lot of people. But I think that um, with regards to the leak, I think that it was like personally speaking, I think it was done to strong arm a judge to change their tune, like to to for them to to say like, no, 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 never mind. Like, you know, we're not going to we're not going to vote this way. Like one of the Republican judges. Um, I don't know. <sighs> It's really weird because I feel like this is such a personal decision for a lot of people, but I, at the same time, there's like certain things that it's, it's abortion is one of those things I don't like think about on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like something that's like totally in my line of thinking all the time, but I do know it's one of the pillars for like the, 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 like the elections, right? Like for, it's usually gay marriage, abortion economy, guns. Those are like the pillars of American, um, I don't know, the voter voter concerns um, for, or an, an immigration the, the as well. The divisive issues that they campaign on. Yeah, the divisive issues. On. Immigration, you know, guns, abortions, gay marriage, which, which gay marriage is no longer one because now it's, you know, it, gay marriage is legal. So um, I think that it... What I, the reason I I bring up that I don't care, like think about it all the time is that I, because of this issue that's actually going on now, I've actually gotten to know some, some things that I never wanted to know in my life. Like I was like, I didn't know this was a thing. I don't want it to be a thing. This shouldn't be a thing. And that's something that's um, like, with regards to what you were talking about, Sean, like the, the, the extent like how long you can not ha or have an abortion to like the, the, the length of time is the idea that people are aborting now, like after the, 
that the baby is born, like like meaning like they're they're putting this whole law in California where you can abort up to like what eight weeks or something like that after the baby is born. And I'm like, that's like okay, look, wait, like th- th- wait, what is that? Yeah, I have. I've actually looked into that law and it it's more um it's not really like it's not really like you can commit infanticide like there's specific provisions in there that say that you can't but it, what used to happen is that if you did like a an abortion at home because it was like too late in the pregnancy to go to a clinic in California then that would get referred to a coroner and they would make a determination on whether or not this constitutes a criminal homicide and they changed the deadline and they basically said that um like the coroner doesn't there's no reporting requirement and the reporting requirement even like has to do with um with the uh, babies that are born that die within eight days like it's not a mandatory hospital reports it to the state so then it gets referred for an investigation like that's that's what that legislation is about so people have said like oh well, you could kill like the kid could die like six, you know, six days, seven days after after birth. And technically, the hospital is not obligated to report it to the coroner for an investigation for potential prosecution. And that got kind of garbled into like, oh, they're allowing post birth abortions. Mm. Well, and now it's that is getting traction, though, Sean. So, like, I, I mean, I've seen stuff like on TikTok where like somebody is going around and like interviewing you know, these leftist social justice warriors or whatever. And they're talking about how like, yeah, it's the mom's right. If they like, you know, up to a year, up to a year, if, if, if what? it's the mother's right to not want this baby and it's the mother's choice, if they don't want to keep it, they can kill it essentially. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, listen, we can talk about like that the debate on whether a fetus, like a tiny little thing in your belly, is is has a soul or is alive. It's sure we can debate that all day. But you know, late term abortions and then this, this is like the next level after like even late terms abortions, where it's actually been born and it's a a living being and it's like you know you're fucking holding it in your arms and you know it's there and then you're talking about killing it. That to me is like straight up murder there's no ifs and buts it's just like the whole map thing for me like no the wall i'm sorry i'm sorry oh, if you're killing you your babies that... fuck right off like i don't if, care if you want to get really crazy just look into the up to two year like there's like academics that write about how it's philosophically justified to kill a baby up to two years after it's born i can't it's i can't dependent on the mother and and like we had a history way back in the day when resources were more scarce of infanticide like you know if you if you have limited food and you need young men to work the field then mm-hmm. you kill the like girl babies back in you know like 600 years ago or in some cultures now that have very limited resources so they would make those arguments that it's still dependent on the mother and you know like therefore like you should be able to kill it but again like two years there's there's a bunch of academic research and some of those academics that wrote papers like that were appointed to regulatory positions in the obama administration so like that philosophy does exist, but it's not like as widespread as or, as people are making it seem. Yeah, but at right. the same time, Sean, it's like neither was, I don't know, like transgenderism and like, you know, the 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 ideas of like, you know, ha- having a fucking rainbow of different you know pronouns and blah 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 like that was that was kind of fringe back in the day and now look at look at us like i mean 
look at this painting, this mural <laughs> has been painted. So, you know, how long before those like really fringe ideas become completely accepted? This is what the pedos are doing too. They're like, oh, like, you know, the pedos should be part of the, you know, the LGBTQ thing. Like the rainbow. Like, yeah, the rainbow. Like we deserve to be a part of that. It's like, no, you don't. You deserve the wall. Stop it. It's not, yeah. you're not, this is not a sexual orientation. Uh, it's Why is it even up for discussion? Like, I don't know. They're their flag is creepy too. It's the LGBT flag, but in like pastel colors. So it looks very kitty. Like For I, kids. That, they have like, a flag. Oh yeah. The, 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 they call themselves maps. Now mine are attracted yeah. persons, but their I flag know. is the, is the LGBT flag, but in pastel colors. So it's like, Oh, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. To your, to your point, Sean, I have seen, I have not seen academics arguing uh, I'll take your word for it that they're arguing uh, up to two years. I'm sure that people have argued that and I'm just not aware of it, but I have seen them. I have seen academics arguing on behalf of pedophilia. Uh, Lives of TikTok has exposed some of those who are making that argument that it's just an orientation and uh, we need to remove the stigma. Lives of TikTok is the, the, the whole reason Florida came up with that bill was because of uh, Lives of TikTok because they were just sick of it. They're like, dude, no, we've had enough of these of these teachers going and teaching our kids about really weird stuff that yeah. we don't want to be talking about. Uh, here is th this is something that was going around. I'm putting it in the private chat. This is what something that was going around that just made me. This is what I was like talking about the, the infant infanticide what is it called infanticide infanticide oh god i can't believe that's even a thing like it's like it makes me go crazy uh i didn't even know about it until i saw this oh there's no audio oh there is now so basically like if they have their baby they can neglect them for seven days and if the baby dies then they can't be held criminally liable what do you think yeah i think whatever like helps women and helps them achieve their like dreams and however that needs to like happen is definitely acts to help that is helping all of us. So. so I prefer that most women make their decisions at eight weeks, but if, but I'm also in support of 10 months out of the womb. So you think babies should be aborted 10 months after they're born? If, if the mother wants to, yes. I think fuck them kids. So if like you want to get a late term abortion, like that's up to you. You know, I've had an abortion too, and it's it's it was my choice, and I'm happy I had that choice. I've had an abortion myself. Would you guys get an abortion again? Yes, 100%. 100 yeah. times. I'd do it multiple times until I feel that I'm ready to parent. Um, that's the choice I'll continue to make. So basically, so and and that's the other thing that comes up for me is the idea of using an like abortions as a form of birth control. Like that drives me. Crazy! I'm like, this is never meant to be a form of birth control. Like, you could get an IUD. My God, I don't understand. It's not that hard. Like, Jesus. My, yeah, uh, yeah my, I, I understand exactly why you don't like talking about this issue, Nina. And it's hard to do because people are so passionate. No matter, usually, no matter what their position is, I don't usually like talking about it because my opinions are in flux. They've changed a lot in the past couple mm -hmm. of years, and I know they're still changing. But one thing I'm sure of is that culturally, I think we have a very unhealthy um, <laughs> idea of what abortion is now. And I think that the pro-choice movement, which um, used to talk about making abortions safe, legal, and rare, they were lying. 
I believed that. I believed that was the goal. I don't think anymore that that's the goal uh, because I think we've seen culturally in the past few years this shift to to where you know there's these shout your abortion campaigns. There there's this attitude of it's somehow you know a form of empowerment and it's about women's uh, women's right and women being the like like these girls in the video were just saying you know it's my right as a woman and um, I think it's just become so perverted. I've seen disgusting it's, it's talk so videos perverted. as well. Yeah, it's so disgusting. And you know what? I'm sorry. But after the last two years, the whole my body, my choice thing is out the window for me anyways. It's like you. okay, so you guys all want to have an opinion on what comes out of my body. What about what goes in my body? Because I don't want to get a vaccine. But you know Mm -hmm. what? If I don't, then I don't I can't work. I can't travel. I can't do this. I can't I can't have a life because, you know, some some pharmaceutical companies say I have to have this thing done to my body. It's like, no, no, you, mm-hmm. you, you gave up that right when you mandated, mandated vaccines, when you're, you know, start talking about my body, my choice. I'm sorry. I don't, yeah. I think it's hypocritical. Well, yeah. no, no, it's first of all, the, the, regardless of what the, what the, uh, and Savannah is talking about the same video over there, by the way, I love Savannah, go follow her support her in her new ventures and all that. But regardless of the accuracy of like how she's describing the seven day after period, because, again, it has to do with investigations. The fact that all those people are biting in like biting on this and saying, yeah, I'm into it. I support it. And all that is crazy. And Mm -hmm. I unfortunately did find some articles of professors uh, arguing for partial birth abortion. I'm sorry, post birth abortion. And I threw them in the private chat. There's a professor from 99 in Australia. And then there's two philosophers that argued for it in the other one. And the funniest part about the Slate article, because you got to find humor in this, is that they say that partial birth abortion is a crazy term invented by religious nut jobs. But after birth abortion, oh, that's actually from two philosophers. And here's their case on why that's okay. Oh, my God. This is so sick. Oh, Oh, wow. Wait, can I just read from some of this? Yeah, go After ahead. birth abortion. This is the Slate article. The pro- now, it doesn't the seem like the Slate is... article is like supporting it, but they are summarizing the uh, the, the, the the theory of the philosophers. The pro-choice case for infanticide. Uh, yeah, they're not supporting it. They are summarizing it. They say, you're right. They say partial birth abor- abortion is a term made up invented by pro-lifers but afterbirth abortion is a term invented by philosophers two philosophers alberto something and francesca minerva in the journal of medical ethics they propose quote when circumstances occur after birth such that they would have justified abortion what we call afterbirth abortion should be permissible we propose to call this practice afterbirth abortion rather than infanticide to emphasize that the moral status of the individual killed is comparable with that of a fetus rather than to that of a child therefore i can't, we- I can't with this i'm I sorry can't with this no no I'll it's stop. fine yeah no no you don't even have to i'm just saying i can't with this this is like the most twisted logic that i've ever fucking heard these people are murderers or straight straight up like trying to you know justify murdering babies and it's just like the maps it's like the whole thing with the maps it's like oh we're just gonna twist this ideology to be like let us diddle kids it's like no no quit diddling kids quit murdering babies this is fucked up so but look look how they sell it though they sell it by wrapping it in 
um, like concern for someone. They have to put the concern somewhere. No, no, no concern for the baby, but they say, uh, therefore we claim that killing a newborn could be ethically permissible in all the circumstances where abortion would be. Such circumstances include cases where the newborn has the potential to have an at least acceptable life, but the well-being of the family is at risk. Yeah. So I, I actually, I actually love stuff like this because if you think about it, like what is the difference between a baby that is like 10 minutes from being born versus 10 minutes after, like we would argue nothing, right? Even if you're pro-choice, as long as you're normal, like you would argue nothing, right? Like I acknowledge yeah, there's that there's a difference between a difference. something that doesn't have a heartbeat or doesn't have brain waves. Um, like I like nuance bros argument that we determine death by the death of brain activity. So we should determine life by the, by the, uh, the the start of brain activity i actually find that very like compelling actually as a pro-choice argument but like what these guys do are too. doing is just taking that like philosophical basis for late-term abortions and applying it to like an infant two years later so weirdly they're making a sincere the professors are a sincere like super pro-choice argument that even includes infanticide but in reality they're kind of making a pro-life argument because it's so like it's so off-putting to like the average yes. person that you're like, oh, to a normal human being, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, like no, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew says in chat, can we have a 240 month late term abortion for some of these lunatics? Wow. <laughs> uh, and uh, let me see. The force of light is here. Hello, ladies. Hey, force of light. Force of light says it's only a baby, Carrie. If the child is wanted, that's when they call it a baby. Yeah, I have noticed this weird thing that happens where um, just on social media and stuff, again, culturally, the way we think about this issue now, I've seen celebrities when they have miscarriages, they treat it like a baby, uh, but then they support abortion. And oh so my God, that thing that that is doesn't sit right with me entirely. This is one of the reasons I've questioning my views, because it's like. So it becomes a baby because you wanted it, but otherwise it's just a fetus. And so, I don't know. I'm rethinking everything. Um, this is, uh, speaking of miscarriages, I read this today. I, I, I'm, we don't have to read the whole thing, but I just, mm -hmm. I, I saw this and I was like, this is the kind of stuff that's like super insensitive, really freaking dumb. You're trying to make like a point about abortion and then you're bringing in, um, uh, you know, miscarriages is such a hard thing for women to go through and men and like fathers that are wanting a child. I mean, this is such a, it's disgusting. It's gross. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just so icky. All this conversation is just so icky. To me. Like, I saw this guy. So this is a blue check mark. Can you make it a little bit larger pirate? Uh, Alex Falcone. He, on Twitter, he says, this is a change of tone for me on here, but I don't think anybody actually believes that fetuses are people. I think they're lying. There are almost 1 million miscarriages each year in America. It happens to almost everybody, but we're not constantly getting invited to the funerals. Th this is so ghoulish, like, mm -hmm. in my opinion. He goes in deeper, <laughs> like, it, it, into this weird... People, people actually do have funerals for for miscarriages. Now, they I will do. acknowledge that it's typically for later on. But, like, again, the idea that, like, a miscarriage, at, like, ugh, I just see that right there where he's like, 
abortion is murder therefore miscarriage is suicide no miscarriage is like a death you know what i mean you don't consider like it's if you're if your kid got like a coal or got like a severe disease and like smallpox back in the day and mm -hmm. died nobody would consider that suicide it's like something that can happen you know it's very mm -hmm. it's very weird yeah, it's like it, it, you, you could have an accident like you, you could have it's just the most basic thing. You could wake up one day and then it's just it's gone. And it's just the most horrific thing that a woman goes through, especially with regards to like late, late term miscarriages. And like it, it's such a devastating thing to the body, to the psyche. And then for this guy to just make light of it, like, oh, my God, like if nobody's nobody who says abortions, murders, you know, carrying signs of miscarriages or suicides. It's like, dude, shut up. Why don't you have some empathy a little bit, like just a yeah. little bit? Yeah, um, it's nothing. It's a lot of the a lot of the pro choice arguments that are being put forward by the left. Like I gave you one of the ones that I actually think is is compelling. Uh, and I, I think Nuance so too. Bro. And I yeah. think he was actually like just he goes out and interviews people. So he might have just been contradicting the pro-life people. And then because mm -hmm. he immediately contradicted the pro-choice people because that's what he does. <laughs> but um, like there was one from Anna Kasparian. It's like a it's a rant. Uh, it was posted by uh, it was reposted by E. Miles Chung and it was posted by Nuance Bro as well. Where she basically is making the argument that like childcare is not affordable. So like, what do you expect these uh, these parents to do when they have to go to work? Which is like the worst argument of all time. It's like if I said if I was about to kill a homeless person and Carrie told me to stop killing a homeless person, I was like, well, are you going to let him live in your house? And she said no. And I'm like, well, then you can't say anything about. Then that. shut up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you're sorry. right. You're right. That's exactly yeah. Like the, the, the contradiction to whether or not it's murder, like I is is a, a discussion about dependent life versus independent life and like all the things that actual well thought out like philosophers have brought up to have this debate. But like all these lefties stopped at like, well, woman body, woman choice, therefore, therefore, and then that's it. But like, you know, even then, like it's just it's just like it it's uh like they've never had to make the case. It's it's they just don't horrible yeah the pro-choice case in in my opinion so i've had people ask me recently even in talking about what's going on in the news um about my current opinion on it Here, here's my sticking point i do believe my, my like i said my opinions have changed a lot i came up in the feminist part of social justice i came to think of it as the way a lot of people do in that world and that cult that it's no different than having your tonsils removed. It's Me there's too. nothing right that it's, and that's completely horrible that I ever felt that way about it. And I do think it is immoral and I do think it's obviously killing it's murder, but under the law, my sticking point is I also don't like giving the government the right to dictate to a woman what she does with her body. For me, it's obvious the, the issue of viability. Once the baby can survive outside the womb, no question. I don't think you should be able to get an abortion because why shouldn't you just deliver at that point? Because the, the issue is, this is one of the few cases I can think of where you have two bodies occupying one space. Um, and, and so how do you, under the law, how do you, uh, how do you, I guess the issue for me has been, you know, how do you tell that woman that she has to carry that baby to term? And the baby can't survive on its own up until a certain point, right? 
I'm still grappling with this. I know there's going to people be people in the chat who disagree with me, and I welcome that because I'm still thinking all this through. But that's the pro-choice argument, as I see it, is Dick, the government having the power to tell an individual woman, you must carry this to term, and there's going to be punishments under the law if you don't, uh, up until the point that the baby can survive outside the womb. They don't make that case anymore anyway. And as you pointed out, Nina, they've lost all credibility. Anyone who's out there right now arguing uh, about bodily autonomy, if they supported the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates, I don't want to hear from you. That you're, What you're saying is bullshit because you, you don't actually support bodily autonomy. So you don't get to make that argument and have any credibility now when you don't support it across the board. So that's yeah, like not, the, that, yeah. That was one of the things I read from Trudeau, of course, uh, came out and put a tweet out like, Canada supports women and like, you know, getting abortions and in Canada, you know, come get abort abortions for free y'all like come on out to Canada, you know, like kind of thing. Yeah. Like obviously he didn't say that not in so many words, but that's what he was like, you know, just trying to virtue signal that in Canada, this is, this is, you know, never, never going to change. And I just kind of like tweeted back at him. Like, can, can, can I have like bodily autonomy when it comes to vaccines? Like, you know, cause yeah. he was just kind of like, you know, women have so many rights like in Canada. And I'm like, no, no, we don't. I still can't travel to my country because I'll never be able to leave if I do, because I'm still pure blood or whatever you want to call it. Like, it's just not, this is such a bullshit thing that they're going through. And for me, like, Carrie, we're from somewhat of the same school of thought because I used to be like you, a social justice warrior and like, you know, mm -hmm. grew up with like classic leftist ideologies, liberals. Um, as a teenager, I was very much like, you know, indoctrinated into thinking like abortion is because I grew up in Canada, abortion is like nothing. Like, you know, if you, if you have a problem and if you, if you, you know, if you get knocked up, take care of it. No problem. You know? So mm. it wasn't like a big deal. And like, you know, but when I got into a steady relationship and when I, as I was growing up and I, the, the idea of the prospect of becoming pregnant became more prevalent in my, you know, in my thought, like, you know, I have to actually be careful after like, if I don't want a kid, I actually have to put in an effort to like, you know, have protected sex or whatever. And then my partner you know, we started talking about some of these things because as you do when you're, you, when you're, you know, with a, a steady partner and then, you know, I, I start being like, if, if I get pregnant, you know, I'm going to have an abortion kind of thing. And he was like, excuse me, you know, and that we have this conversation of like, well, what about my thoughts? And, you know, I'm going my body by choice and he's going, well, it would be mine too. Like, do I get an opinion, you know? And, you know, we have these nuanced conversations that's very difficult at the time, but my ideology evolved as I grew because mm -hmm. I realized, well, first of all, that's something that I'm I mean, like, I'm sorry, but if you're if you're even considering abortion, like it's one of those things, because I, I mean, I've considered it before because I like I've never had one, but I've considered it when I've had a scare. Like I was like, you know, when I was very young, I had a scare and I was like, if I am pregnant, like, would I go and have an abortion, you know? And the thought of it was terrifying because it's not just it's not like a willy nilly thing. It's like it, it takes a toll on your psyche, on your you know, on your body. And then you, you think to yourself, what if for the rest of your life, like, it's not like, you know, what if I had this kid? Did I make a mistake? You know, and there's a lot of women that I know now 
personally that have made that choice that have regretted it in the future. You know, they were there. A lot of them are like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know, and I regret that choice, but it's something that they have to live with. And it's like, you know, I was always thinking about like, do I want to live like that? And then it came to me later on in my life that this is something that now I kind of understand from the religious point of view, where the like, you know, and, and that's something that a lot of like atheists and other, you know, other people don't want to talk about is the idea that sex is sacred. And the idea that, having like consummating your relationship and like having sex is something that's supposed to be a sacred thing that brings life and therefore it shouldn't be recreationally practiced all the time and the reason that we're doing that now is because we have this sheer hubris of like oh well we have birth control and we have this and we have that but the ideas that come with you know having a very concrete relationship where you're like, you know, I, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person who is not going to abandon me and my baby. And having that security causes you to want to have a child. You don't want to like, you know, you, you're not, you, you don't think that you're going to be left alone and raising this baby by yourself. And therefore, like, you know, you make different choices. But, you know, I'm not against people who've had abortions because I understand, again, there's gray in life. There's like life is not black and white. Certain things happen. Just like what you said, Carrie, I'm not about governments having any form of control about whether or not you put anything in your body or take it out of your body. Stay away from my body. That's between me and my doctor, you know, like that's and my family, my husband, you know, like th that's the kind of decisions that we make together as, as like humanity. Government shouldn't have any say on this. But again, it's nuanced. And I think that that's that's the thing that we have to teach kids now is, is the idea of why sex is sacred. And I think that's the conversation that's that's lost along the way yeah. because everyone's like, let's just go have sex. Like, you know, and I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't I'm not about that anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I that was my big I'm, speech. Sorry. You, no, I you've won over many in the crowd. Like what what I will say <laughs> is that I think Roe the decision itself has made this issue so much more polarizing than it actually is or than it actually would have been absent row because again you look at european countries they've all kind of arrived around the same area like the row decision caused like a 50-year pro-life movement to come out in this nation so like at this point you see like you know even in the chat right now like you see the polarization between people because, mm -hmm. you know, like it's it's just been anytime you have the court arbitrarily decide on something for the whole country top down, you're going to get a negative reaction. And even like the left wing, the way that they're ginning up hysteria about this reaction is pretending that the court like flipped it and they banned abortion nationwide, which is not the case. They it's not the it. case at all. Yeah. yeah. They just kicked it back to the states how it normally was. But yeah, so like the, the whole issue is super polarizing in America because of this reason, like 100 yeah. percent. And again, like I would say there's definitely a huge difference between, you know, six weeks and six months. And like there's like this weird thing where every like, you know, even in the chat right now, people are talking about partial birth. I mean, we even started talking about like infanticide, like two two years after. Like these are like the fringe cases. If you look at the numbers, it's something like 92% of all of these procedures are performed be before the first 12 weeks, which again yeah. would be more in line with Europe. So like it's, it's, a, it's a very polarizing thing. And I think the first thing that most of us should agree on if we're not like crazy 
is maybe coming more in line with the Europeans. Like the Mississippi 15 weeks thing to me is not crazy at all. I mean, honestly, yeah. again, it's it's less restrictive than other places. Mm. And like, I think the pro-life actually have time on their side and they have technology on their side because as we've gotten better imaging technology and all this, we can see 3D renderings of what's in the womb earlier and earlier. So like that really like assists. But I also want to point out that a lot of people who get like an abortion like they're not like never becoming mothers. Like I know we see these crazies like that Savannah will interview or anybody will interview that are like, oh, I've had eight abortions this week. Like somehow, like, yeah. you know, we, we see all those people. But a lot of the data does show us that these people are delaying motherhood rather than uh, just denying motherhood like altogether. But also that they, like the ones that do, though, there's many cases of people who've had repeat abortions that can't get pregnant later it's on in murder. life it's much harder. And then they like some people just can't. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, like, this is what I'm talking about. This is an invasive procedure, you guys. It's not something that is just willy nilly like uh, the left wants to make you like there was a movie that I one of the very first movies that I reviewed on my channel was about this thing. It was called it, uh, what was it called? It was an it was a movie about abortion on HBO. And it was about uh, how these two teenage girls are going like, you know, they're traveling across the state so that this like, you know, 16, 17 year old girl can go get an abortion in another state because abortion's not legal in her state. And she has to have parental permission to get abortion. So it's like this is this has been in the works for like years. And I also find it really funny, Sean, that people who are like the leftists who argue this whole Roe v. Wade thing, they're like, men shouldn't make laws for women. And like, you know, I'm like, I'm like wasn't like the people who made Roe v. Wade like all men? Like I don't like I don't understand this whole line of thought. Like that 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 men shouldn't be making laws, even though the one that they're fighting for was made by all men. I'm like I don't what yeah, that's that just it's Go seven ahead. men that ruled on a totally male court, and I've heard the argument that uh, the justices weren't appointed by democratically elected presidents because Bush lost a popular vote. And uh, Trump lost the popular vote. So that's four of the five justices. But like six states had legal elective abortions when mm -hmm. uh, back way back in the 70s, 30 states had outright bans and 20 states had this circumstance, but not that circumstance kind of thing. So like this never had majority support in the country. Right. Like, back in the day, it's changed now because people tend to go with what's normal, like, you know, a bunch of people, more people were against gay marriage. And then all of a sudden gay marriage was, was legalized. We don't even hear about it anymore. No. So I actually think the polling will shift as this ruling comes out because mm -hmm. most people don't pay attention to politics and they assume if like the high court decided it, yeah, it's probably right. It's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the mood is shifting. Do you guys mind if we pause for a second and read some super chats? I was just going to say, Carrie, we should get Yay! some super chats. Thank, so. Thank you. I know pirates. Uh, wait, I didn't want to. Uh, anyway, Dr. Gulf Star, $10, says Sean just put out the laziest video of his entire career, blatantly incorrectly implying Dave Chappelle's attacker was a triggered lefty when his motive is in his past songs. He planned this since 2020. Um, yeah. So, so I did a video where. I shot it like what a lot of you don't know is I shoot the video and then I upload it and wait for YouTube to clear it and then I publish it. So, yeah, at the time that I shot the video, which, by the way, I didn't say that it was a triggered lefty or anything like that. I actually said the most likely outcome is it's a crazy obsessed with Dave Chappelle. So you didn't pay attention to the video. And I say clearly that I don't know. And then I just go into different examples of like, 
hey, look, maybe like there is a precedent being set from like the whole Will Smith thing that you could just attack a comedian. I'm like, maybe this was somebody angry because people have been comparing uh, Dave Chappelle's words to violence. But my overall takeaway was the fact that this was likely just a crazy person because this yeah. happens to celebrities all the time. So he like, seems very unhinged. But like yeah. the um that thing about the video thing, I totally relate because I just recently made a video about Andy Dick and uh you know his his what he's going through right now. And like literally like right when I was about to upload it, things changed with Andy Dick's life. So like he went from like living in like the, that one person's house to like the other person's house and like in an RV and blah blah blah. And I had so many people in my comments like no, this isn't what's going on now. Like things have changed. And I'm like, like they changed in like two, like a day while my video was being made and rendered. I'm not going to go and rewrite and redo everything for this video so that I can get you the most updated material, which is going to change in an hour. So it's right. just not going to happen, you know? Oh, so yeah. sometimes you got to keep that in mind, you guys, as viewers. Uh, I made a video. Hold on. I made a video uh, uh, guessing the verdict in the Chauvin case. And in the day that it took YouTube to clear it, the jury came back because if you remember, they came back super quick. So yeah. I was like, crap, crap. So I threw it out there and like hoping that I would beat the jury returning. Like I just yeah. like no premiere, no time. And then yeah. every comment is like, he was found guilty. He was found guilty. He was found guilty. He was found guilty. I'm like, I already, I, I, I even put like pre-verdict. Like this is my guess on what might happen. Yeah. Right? Which, which I said guilty was a possibility. I wasn't saying he would be found not guilty, but people were like, oh, like it's just, it's the worst. <laughs> when they happens. get so mad. <laughs> You're like, I'm just doing videos, man. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> you skipped over Orange Ninja Turtle. You oh, I'm coming back. Over. I'm coming back. Hi, Dimanjani. Dimanji says, Dimanji. What's up, Sean? Hi. Hello. Uh, is the Orange Ninja Turtle a fan? A fan slash troll, but he throws money so we can read his super chat. So, <laughs> Okay. He says, uh, Sean is my favorite LGBT YouTuber. <laughs> I'm Super happy for his inspiring relationship with my Carlo. Uh, wow. th thank you. Thank you, Orange Ninja Turtle. You already he's know got, that's not the case, but it's okay. He's got one more. I'll just read them back to back. Sean, if you were might get, get man pregnant, will you guys keep it? LGBTP for proud of you, Sean. You've got uh, someone who doesn't like you, who follows you around and gives money. That's great. I I don't mind that at all. I, I think I inherited him from Mike Harlow because I feel like I first saw him when I was on Mike's channel. And then oh, he comes around oh, every now and again. Okay. I know who this is, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, Thomas St. Thomas. Hello, sir. Says the core issue is how we value a human by its literal material properties or by its potential. It's always potential until we get to this issue. By the way, really cute icon. Oh, that's really cute. Uh, G-Man, can we please stop calling it after birth abortion? It's just plain murder. Yes. Uh, I'm so, I'm so in agreement with this. It's like, no, I we... can, like, like I said with you, Sean, like I can understand that there's a, you know, you can make that argument when it's like a little bean in your stomach or whatever, but like when it's yeah. freaking to full term, like even at six months, dude, no, like just stop it. Like it's, it's formed when it's formed. Like, no, when it's got a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, we, we all agree that like afterbirth abortion is a ridiculous term and it's murder, but like that is the term in the article. So that's what yeah. we we're going over. We're, yeah. Like I saw somebody saying we're giving into the left's language. It's like, no, no, but that's literally like them saying that, um, 
like what is it partial birth is a ridiculous religious psychopath term here's the proper left-wing term it's called yeah. afterbirth and it's even later than that yeah uh gerald armstrong thank you sir says if, if a pregnant mo mother is murdered they charge the suspect with two counts for murder and fetus that's true i well, actually don't agree with that i think oh. if you're gonna have bullshit i i hate states that have it both ways if you're gonna be like new york state and you're going to be like, oh, well, uh, we're going to pass this super like abortion like restriction where we don't count it as a life. Then that has to be consistent throughout the whole court system. Like, I hate this idea that, oh, it's not a life when the mother doesn't want it. But if somebody else like if somebody else ends it, like it, it doesn't make any sense. So if some random guy like, you know, shoves a pregnant woman, which you shouldn't do, by the way, unless she's talking back to you, then, you know, she had it coming. But um, just kidding about that. <laughs> But if a random guy shoves a pregnant woman and like she loses the baby, then like he gets charged with the murder. But if that woman was like on her way to Planned Parenthood and she was going to go get rid of it, then like that's uh, whatever. That's her freedom. Like I, I hate inconsistency in the law. So I would change that and I would make it a thing that, no, if you want to change, then maybe you should reconsider your other positions because you need consistency. Right. Then it gives people I incentive. 100%. And you know what? Spike and Manus brought up a really good point that says afterbirth was already a term for the placenta, right? You are absolutely right. And this is one of the things where we talk about all the time, uh, Carrie, where they're trying to change certain verbiage and certain words to mm -hmm. mean different things so that they can do weird shit, like make these weird laws or whatever. But like the idea of afterbirth and actually afterbirth is a very healthy thing because you know a lot of women actually make like you know pills from placenta and it's actually a very healthy thing to consume for the feed for 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 the baby and like you know your the nutrition for for women and stuff like that so you want to make this term a bad thing like you know like and you're just like you're i don't know it it it, it makes me think about how they're trying to change words again and it's just well yeah they we do. do all the time I mean, even we, you were talking about pedos earlier. They want to be called minor attracted persons now. Why? Well, we know why. Well, marketing. <laughs> yeah, marketing. I, I, I will close with two points. So, like, if you're concerned about women's uh, rights and women's, uh, you know, bodily autonomy and all that, and, like, specifically in regards to abortion, then, like, where were you the last, you know, 50 years on uh, China's forced abortion policies that specifically Thank lead you. Chinese society to target, like, little girl babies? Also, yeah. that Star Wars girl is here. Everybody say hi to her. Shout out. Hey. Shout out, Anna. So, hi, but Anna. yeah, like, like if you talk to these people, they never have any issue with it. Like, and that's like where you get into that really sketchy territory where like your everyday person might be like pro-choice or consider themselves pro-choice because women's bodily autonomy. But a lot of the academics are kind of like just anti-human. And mm -hmm. like they view it as a form of population control, like Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, was very much into this. So like there's like a there's like a distinct separation between your everyday person that might actually go get an abortion and the way that like academics view this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I did have one other thing I wanted to bring up. Hi, that Star Wars girl. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Pirate Tomsky had to go to the bathroom. She's, if he's, he's back now. Oh, good. <laughs> if he's there, <laughs> if he's there, uh, could you put up that that tweet, sir, that uh, is about how conservatives don't care about providing services for babies or women or anything 
uh, after birth. Yeah. So I just wanted to address this because I think it's common sense now, the, the, the response to this, but it's actually not. I know a lot of people who are still in the leftist echo chamber I was in and who've, who are confused by this. I used to be confused by this. I used to believe this. This is a tweet that's from Joyce Aline that says, a party that takes away abortion rights but refuses to provide support for pregnant women who need help with medical care, including birth expenses, housing, food, childcare and schooling, employment, et cetera, is most definitely not pro-life. Well, I used to say things like this too. And just for anyone on the left who may be watching, who's genuinely confused and curious, not the people who aren't, but the ones who are genuinely confused, <clears throat> this comes down to what you think is the role of government. And so if you actually look into it, I didn't, I didn't used to know this, but um, there's a whole book, uh, Arthur Brooks wrote a book called Who Really Cares? And it was about giving uh, contributions, charitable contributions. And in it, he looked at all different kinds of studies and data that showed that conservatives give 30% more than, than liberals do. And actually there was a Google study which said conservatives give double what liberals do to charity. And I think what you're seeing here, if you're on the left and you're looking at this and thinking, but they're not, they don't want to put this stuff into law to provide for all these different things. That's because they they don't view the everything is a function of government, like that it's a government's responsibility or job to take care of things. They believe in private charities and personal donations, like voluntarily giving of yourself and of your resources. So when you say no one on the right wants to take care of people, it's like, no, there are some people on the right who don't want the government to take money from person A and and decide who person B is going to be that they give it to. They want person A to voluntarily give. And they do. If you look at the data, they do give more. And so I just wanted to explain that for anyone who's oh. curious. And and there's people that we portray in the media, or I say we, but I mean like the mainstream media portrays as crazy religious zealots, like Michelle Bachman, who in a lot of ways is super religious and and super goofy. But Michelle Bachman fostered over 20 children. Like, um, what's her name? Wow. Marianne Williamson on the left. Like, people portrayed her as this like woo-woo, like crystal healing, like weirdo. She set up an organization that provides something like twelve thousand meals to seniors every single day, like on wow. her own. So, like, like well, the idea that you're somehow noble or virtuous because you advocate for spending other people's money rather than doing something yourself is absurd. And this is also the same exact argument that I was talking about earlier, where you know, don't kill that homeless person, and the counter is. Well, if you're not going to let them live in your house on top of that, these people wouldn't change their positions if the social programs were up to the point where they would like it in the first place. It's not like if you had like government care to their satisfaction from cradle to grave that they would change their position on abortion. So it's also a bad faith argument. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, yeah, I agree with everything you said, but also like the, the other part to it too, is that, that I, that constantly brings up for me is the idea that, like they want to kind of push this idea that especially like, you know, black people or minorities and, you know, things like that, like need Planned Parenthood and need um, abortion rights because, well, not just rights, like they need easy access to abortion because, you know, they're so not well off and mm -hmm. they need, they need it because they can't take care of a child. Uh, but a lot of times those 
those households and minorities, especially black people, don't believe in that. They don't believe in in abortion because of their, you know, religion or like their their close family ties. Their culture don't usually advocate for abortion. They actually like having babies and and raising them. So it's just kind of like this weird messaging that they're trying to put out into the public to like paint a picture of this group and like these the minorities. It's, it's same with Hispanic people. Hispanic people oh, yeah. are not usually like, oh, I'm gonna go get an abortion. Like their culture doesn't they're they're not like that so they, they're very much into carrying the baby full-time and maybe even putting it up for a, a, adoption but they're not because of their religion they don't they don't usually believe in those things but the leftists want to paint this picture that they're all about it and it's like that's not true they always they want to speak for everyone it's like they use all these different identity groups as a skin suit of sorts it's like mm -hmm. you know this is who we are we're wrapped in uh, people of color and women and gay people and trans people. And it's like, no, most of the time, those of you who are at the very top pushing this stuff, I mean, you're very wealthy, elite, white people, for the most part, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. who are pushing this ideology. So um, I see that you have a palate cleanser for us, Nina. Yes. Now, well, this yeah. is also uh, a baby was killed in this, but it in a really i mean i'm not going to say it was it was it was a good thing but some people seem to enjoy it i don't i feel like it's evil uh and i'm disappointed in as but hey hey things happen People are really mad at me in the chat for simping for baby Yoda. I'm not sorry. He's cute. <laughs> He's the only thing in Star Wars right. that's cute. You know, you know you're Disney's right. mark. You know, you gotta, you gotta, they need you people like you to like baby Yoda, to, to thrive. I know. We must kill baby Yoda. We must roast baby Yoda on an open fire. That's why they're going to kill him because they think they they know that there's people that actually like him and they're going to be like we can't have happy fans. We need to kill this fucker. Kill it. <laughs> no. 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 Why? He's why so mean to me. Why? Why? Fuck off, you little fuck! Why don't... <laughs> He's so mean to me. Why doesn't Az like yeah, baby Yoda? I can't believe you bought it just to do that. I'm traumatized. <laughs> no one's ever really gone, They're going to do that. They're going to do that. Hey, Nina. Actual baby Yoda. Nina. No one's, no one's ever really gone. Mm -hmm. Apart from you. <laughs> <laughs> He's so mean to me. Um, he doesn't like Baby Yoda. Him and Ryan Kennell, they don't like Baby Yoda because they think it's like a gimmick that Disney Star Wars put in um, the new Disney Star Wars. So to that get women. It, to get women. And and you, you know what? They did. They absolutely did. I'm not denying it. That is definitely something that happened. But you know what? They did something right for once because we do like cute things and we do like Baby Yoda. I yeah. love Baby Yoda. I think it's freaking cute. It it, it 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 is weird because people like the Mandalorian show where Baby Yoda appears in, but like if there's anything that like visually symbolizes Disneyfication of Star Wars, it's making Yoda a baby with big Disney eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird because I hate Disney Star Wars like with a passion, but I'm like, okay, Baby Yoda's cute. Like I've never even watched The Mandalorian or any of the other things, but I think Baby Yoda's freaking cute. I think it's hilarious and cute. I do too. I I both fully admit that they put that in there to get women to view it, but I also, like you, I think it works. I think I think it's adorable. Alf is right, by the way. The Ewoks, like Star Wars, has done things for like that, that are meant to be cute to sell yes. toys and yes. reel people in. So you know what? Like credit where credit is due. And George Lucas, by the way, is one of the guys who invented movie merchandise. Absolutely, like, as a thing. So like, yeah, exactly, you know, like the Ewoks. I mean, I like the Ewoks too. I think they're cute AF. I, I love the Ewoks. So cute. I'm going to find, uh, to put it up at the end of the episode, I'm going to find my friend Julia, who's a really talented artist, has some very cute Baby Yoda images. Oh, wait. I'll send you this one right now for you to put it up, Pirate. Uh, <laughs> we should have saved the palate cleanser for the very end because next we're going to talk about Amber Heard. Oh, my God. Well, I have to go soon. So, Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, let's get it in fast. What are your thoughts? That's what she said. <laughs> That's what they them said. Oh my god. No, no, Carrie. No, bad Carrie. <laughs> uh, okay, got... let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, well, let's put up this image. I think he's got it. Oh, Look at that. He's so cute. Oh. Yeah, my friend Julia. I I like to plug her stuff. She's an independent artist. She's on Instagram, Julia Man Art Real. And uh, she does all kinds of colored pencil drawings, and she has quite a few of Baby Yoda. This is one of them. But um, I love it. <laughs> thank you. So I saw I've been following your post about it, Nina, and I think we're in agreement on almost everything. But if you want to give us your thoughts on Herd and her testimony, which po- which post? I've been like posting nonstop about Amber Turd. Um, well, well, you shared a clip of her. Uh, fake crying and said this is disgusting oh that one okay um yeah because uh okay so for one thing amber turd i i feel like she well we know we know that she stole she's some she's a psycho person that stole a story from her assistant this is from the uk trial that the the assistant her previous assistant had came out and said that she um that she stole my sexual assault story so we know that she's already done that um and i think that when i was watching the trial and here let me let me pull that up when i was when i was watching the trial and like i was watching it live and i I saw her crying about what she was what she was claiming to experience well first of all i feel like it was all forced i think pirate already has it pulled up that clip okay yeah okay you can play it um it was crazy like just to like hear her uh say things that she said and then you know cry like that uh it's, you know, some people are theorizing that there was substances in her napkin that she was sniffing in order to get herself to cry. And I almost believe that because I think that there was like some pepper in there or something. I mean, mm-hmm. most people are saying it was cocaine, but I don't think it was cocaine because cocaine won't make you cry. And also cocaine is like a speed. It'll make you go m- much faster. She wasn't like acting like she was on cocaine afterwards, unless she's got such a huge tolerance to it. In which case, I mean, I don't know, but yeah. I feel like maybe she she did like sniff something though to get her tears to come out because she was finally putting up like 
a performance because the day before she was trying to cry and she couldn't squeeze out a tear to save her life. So and then now she was just like bawling her eyes out. And it was it was a crazy performance. I don't buy any of it, to be honest with you. And um, the, the things that she was describing to me was like really weird because I've had the experience that the unpleasant experience of being punched in the face. And I was a teenager, like I got attacked by uh, actually it was a friend of mine uh, that wasn't decided not to be my friend uh, and punched me in the face. Uh, and it, you know, got me like right here, you know, cut my lip had bruising lip like you know my 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 lip was messed up for for days maybe weeks afterwards uh it was definitely way worse than amber's uh pictures that she she you know claimed to take so i don't know i like i just don't buy any of her story uh sean mm-hmm. are, are you buying any of this I haven't been following the trial too much. I have seen some of the clips of like Depp winning over the courtroom with this charm. Mm-hmm. And I've heard the audio of her like obviously, you know, being an aggressor in the relationship. And I've heard about Depp's like tendency to leave situations. But I think the relationship was, you know, kind of garbage. Like it for, was. for both people. And like, you know, as far as her like quote unquote physical abuse, like there's very little evidence of it from what I've seen so far. My favorite part of the trial was the guy who was uh, testifying while he was going through the drive through though. Like cor- uh, coronavirus. Oh, A4. yeah. <laughs> I missed oh that one. That, I think I missed that part, but like that, I heard about it. That That's funny. Um, um, well, we can play this. I think I, I agree with you, Nina. I think I did see that video of her. There is video of her. It looks like she's snorting something hidden behind her tissue. There's also a, a very creepy and I think telling clip I don't have this one pulled up. I'll just tell you guys about it. But there's a clip of her with a tissue and right. She looks over when she's like posing for the camera. Yes. You can see a flash from a camera where it's doing the pre-lighting and she stops and, and keeps the tissue there frozen. So they get the picture of her with the tissue. Yeah. It like pauses for a couple seconds. It's so awkward. And then takes it down. She's posing for the picture. And, um, and yeah, let's just play this because I, th- I think this is acting. 2015, Tokyo. Please tell it's uh, the premiere of uh, Morde- Mordecai, correct? They're, they're probably going to claim you on this one. Carrie, oh. just my eye. Skip ahead. This is six minutes. Skip ahead to where she's doing way ahead. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Just as bad as anything else. I just remember that he left me on the on the closet floor and is embarrassing or as embarrassing as it is to say I I went up to him at some point, I don't know how much time had passed. He was um, sitting at the piano in the living room of the hotel room that we had. Here, I'm going to put the one that I have because it just yeah. like, shows the straight up crying. It's in the private chat. But like the, the, the other thing is uh, even listening to this, like there's so many details in her in her testimony that makes absolutely no freaking sense. Like the fact that she can, you know, remember the time she spent on the carpet and like, you know, all these different oh. things. But then she'll like say something so out of the ordinary and then she'll be like, oh, but like, I don't really remember like exactly like what happened after that. Or like, I don't really remember like the like, sequence of what happened. And it's like, 
you're saying the most insane things right now, but you can't remember this, like the, the main details that we need to know, but you remember like what the carpet looked like and like, you know, what, like, how dirty it was. Like, it's just so bizarre. Like some of the stuff she was saying, I the whole a... bottle rape. I, I'm still like, what? Like, well, typically like... when you're not telling the truth and again, I don't like, you know, obviously I don't know. Caveat, caveat, caveat. But typically when you're not telling the truth you emphasize a bunch of different details because that's like mm. part of the rehearsal yes so like, typically when people are telling the truth they're they're less likely to remember the petty details like i remember there was a case where some guy was alleging that his daughter was kidnapped he had killed her and he was giving the cops a description of her clothes that included like the design i remember that clothes. yeah yeah and that's one of the reasons why they suspected him because of the fine details the also, details yeah yeah it also was like, you know, he probably dressed her after killing her, too. So he mm. might have remembered because of that. And he took note of that for the description. So typically too many details are are a giant red flag. And that's what seems like is being shown there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like, to me, she's definitely like a like she seems like a pathological liar slash like I don't know if you guys have ever seen that uh, episode of Seinfeld where Jerry has to go do a lie detector set, a test and he's like he's trying to figure out how to beat it so he tells like George Costanza like you have to teach me how to be beat this lie detector test and he's like telling him like if you, it's not a lie if you believe it like you know so like it's like she has to believe her own lie in order to be able to sell this story and I think that that's what she's really doing here is like trying to sell trying to sell this lie that she's told herself clearly, like she's told herself she's experienced these things and she's trying to believe it. She believes this. So that's why she's, uh, she's actually coming out and saying these things. I don't think she actually, I don't, I don't know. I go back and forth on whether these personality disorder people believe their lies or not. Uh, I think they do when in the telling of it, she's trying to, she's convincing herself of it. She's acting it as if it's real, but mm -hmm. she knows, I think she knows she's lying. And, and to that, your point about the dirty carpet reference. So uh, when, when Johnny Depp gave his testimony, which I found to be very believable, it struck me as true. I know people may disagree. You know, he is a great actor, what have you, but I found it to be believable. He, uh, talked about a moment where when she threw the bottle and it shattered and sliced the top of his finger off and mm -hmm. this happened he was there's pictures of him in the hospital after this happened and everything um he talked about looking at the bone from his protruding from his finger yeah, yeah. and how and he had this very poetic moment where he said something like and i just i just had this moment where i just thought this isn't life why am I, why am I in this relationship? This isn't life. She was studying him. She's sitting in the courtroom, taking notes, watching him. And I think when it came time for her to give her testimony, she wanted to have a poetic moment like that. And so what does she do? She writes a script where she includes a moment where she says, and he, after he hit her, supposedly hit her, she says, and then I just had this moment where I was just looking at the filthy carpet and just thinking, how did I get here on this dirty carpet <laughs> and it's like oh my god but it felt like she's uh the way a psychopath or narcissist the way they study you and then they try to copy and it just felt like she was trying to replicate that well that. and i kept laughing yeah. my ass off about the carpet thing because we know she's a <laughs> lesbian too so she was like it was i was like are we really talking about carpets here like is it is this really a thing that we're talking about now but it's just it's it's so funny to me because my entire feed is filled with you know i'm a victim of abuse 
this is what my face looked like after, you know, so-and-so beat me. You know, she's lying. I don't think she's, I don't think she's honest. I don't think she's telling the truth. And it's just like, it's just the, the, the amount of bullshit that came out of her mouth. Like, cause it was like, you know, she described how she, like Johnny got on top of her and repeatedly punched her in the head. Look, if, if a dude, if a stronger dude than you is punching you in the head or face like several times, there's going to be evidence of that. You are yeah. going to see that. Like, and there's no way that Amber Heard of all people is not taking photographic evidence of her alleged like insane abuse where like that like the the things that she discovered would clearly be visible on her and then like there's videos of her about what she described happened like about getting punched in the head over and over and like literally like two days later she's on the james corbin show like the tonight show or whatever she was on and she's like totally fine and she's like having fun and and she was like describing it as like the worst days of her life afterwards and she was in so much agony and pain she could barely move and like there's literally like video evidence of her like two days after like all fine and dandy and just like chilling out with James Corbin and them and it's just like who's believing any of this like I don't understand like is the jury going to be that dumb I don't know yeah yeah do we want to play this you have to go Dina yeah yeah we can play it finished the process of detox in LA and I had my friends out um, with my girlfriends there to support me as per usual. So, Michelle, can you pull up 272, please? I, I thought it'd be better if I got away from all this nastiness of detox and went to party with my friend. That was the, that was the pause, I think. And after you both returned to uh, Get out. Get out. Did oh, I didn't catch the pause. Can you go back to it? So I can mimosas and Coke. By text. Wow. That was that was either the pause or when she's sniffing the thing because she's like, I think that's like when sniffing she's sniffing. The... Yeah, there's better clips of that where you can see the sniffing. Yeah, because um, yeah. people like zoom into <laughs> the internet, man. The internet's crazy with this. I think this was the one. Yeah, I think this is the one I posted <laughs> about. Her crying. He <laughs> <It> was. <It> was... <laughs> I felt this pressure. I felt this pressure. On oh, my pubic bone. He thought he was punching me. I just saw his arm. I could feel his arm moving. And I, it looked like he was punching. So, Sean, just, just to give context here, because you said you haven't seen the trial, she's claiming that Johnny Depp is graving her with a bottle. Like a yeah, broken no, bottle. I, I'm 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 laughing because I look to be fair to Amber, two things. One, a lot of these actresses get preventative Botox and it messes up their ability to act. So you know, maybe she's <laughs> yeah. actually a better actress than she's displaying. Number two, yeah. um th- this is just bad. Like it looks it looks terrible, and she's dressed like Jack Sparrow. I just want to point that out. That <laughs> yes, like I know. Sparrow I was totally thinking that too. I know the outfit thing of her copying his outfits is yes. like a thing, and mm-hmm. that's really weird. And uh, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't come off as believable. I know why she fired her PR team. 
the 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 outfit thing she didn't just copy his outfit either she also copied uh i forget the psychologist's name nick's chat calls her dr mommy so now it's like that's stuck in my head but like <laughs> dr mommy's outfit like the next day she wore the same hairstyle and everything like that like after that woman basically destroyed her and called her a psychopath on the stand she was like because she was received so well she dressed like her the next day and i was like dude that's it's so it's weird. They they copy. They uh, Dr. Curry. Have, thank you, chat. Dr. Curry. I have so many things I want to say about this. However, I have to take a break. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Why don't we wrap it up? Okay. Is that is that cool? Because right. you got to go anyway. Yeah, I got to go anyway. I can save these thoughts for Monday, and you're always welcome back, either of you, anytime. Okay. Uh, uh, let me run through these super chats real fast. Uh, Chad, the least she could do is have an onion hidden in her hand. Well, she had something else. I think. I, I think she had some sort of powder, man. I think she got some pepper or something. I mean, like a lot of people are saying Coke. I don't think it was Coke. Uh, the Shagsworth. Hello, sir. He says the abortion issue is never a big issue for Dems until Roe v. Wade comes up and then Pocahontas frees around the Internet for a week. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren has had some anger. Oh, my God. Did you see that whole thing about what you said about, like, I'm mad and I'm going to fight to hell? And I was like, isn't that literally what you said Donald Trump said to, like, incite an insurrection? And then now you're right. like, I'm fighting to hell. Like, she's yeah. literally saying the exact same words he said. doesn't matter oh, when dude. she does it. And then the Orange Ninja Turtle, your fan is back. Sean. Dude, oh money bags God. over here. Uh, 10 bucks says Star Wars Rebels is the best Star Wars. Shaka is better than Luke Skywalker. LGBT OG because Sean is the real OG. Wow. He really uh, likes you. And thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm sorry. I had that's too much a, That's a super sticker of a uh, <laughs> unicorn. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Um, people are... <laughs> People are like, yeah, I don't have a toilet built into my chair like some people. Well, if you want, we can, like, Sean and I can vamp, and then you can go and come back if you want to keep to keep the show running, and then, like, just talk to Sean after I go. Oh, I I, I actually he's have to go too. Oh, he's got to go, too. Yeah, okay. I know so he had to mind. go, too. But thank you guys for hanging out. You're, uh, you're both welcome anytime. Just tell people really quickly where they can find you, and I know Pirate's been plugging it. Uh, yeah, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Nina Infinity, where I will be going to right now to talk about good news. So if you're sick of all the crazy stuff, especially abortion stuff and like, you know, crazy psycho chicks crying on the stand and all the weird stuff, you just feel like getting, you know, happy again, come to my channel right now, every Friday, 2.45 Eastern, where I talk about good news and good things. Thank you, Carrie. It's been so you, fun Nina. talking to you. And Sean, right. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Sean, you have to go on her show sometime. It is so much fun. The Friday show. I it will do it. All yeah, and I'll, but, but I also have a crazy show on Wednesdays where I talk about this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, definitely. You're definitely welcome on my channel, especially to talk about clown world stuff. So All right. it'll, it'll be I'm fun. interested. Uh, you guys can find me at Actual Justice Warrior. My links are also in the description for Twitter and Instagram. But Carrie's got to go. So, yeah. <laughs> I do. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye.